Do you know how many times that Jesus could have dropped the microphone? That's Rochelle. My name is Carter. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. I mean, if he had a microphone. Probably everything he said. He could have dropped the microphone. Oh. And then Peter would have had to keep picking it up and yeah. give it back to him. We should have dropped the microphone after we quoted Jesus. Yeah. And then we decided to continue. <sighs> That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Rochelle and Carter. Thank you for joining us for today's Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Tell us an anecdote. Okay. So just moments ago, Carter and I were talking. And the subject of blue, the color blue, came up. Uh huh. And you started singing a song. I'm blue, I'm a die. And because you can't hit a note in a bucket, I had zero idea what you were singing hmm. until I was like, oh, I know what song you were singing. And then I started singing it. And then you were like, why did you act indignant when I was singing it? Yeah. And it's because I didn't know what you were singing. Why? Well, and then when I realized what okay. it was, it was like, oh, well, this now is I'm backfired because I did not know I was going to get ridiculed. Of I apologize. My I wasn't trying to ridicule. Abilities. It just seems here's what I'm doing. I'm calling myself out. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I am calling myself out for hypocrisy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because it's like I, I was looking down my nose at you while you were singing, and I was like, that's enough. <laughs> and then when I recognized the song, I'm like, oh, man, name that. You know, my wife said the other day we were uh, <laughs> we were eating eating a uh, frozen yogurt, and before I put it on the scale, you got to weigh it. You know, before I put it on the scale, I just grabbed a spoon and and because it was dripping down the sides. Yeah. I just wanted to stop that. Just stop that. And she said. Um, you're not allowed to eat it before you weigh it, like really loud in front of like everybody. And I and I and I pull her aside. I'm like, "Why did you say that so loud?" She goes, "I have the spiritual gift of public shame." <laughs> <laughs> this is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, where we talk about very spiritual things. In which, by the way, there is no such thing as the no, spiritual gift of spiritual public gift. shame. That one is not listed. No. And yet, unfortunately, sometimes that happens on social media. Have you noticed that? It's my job to call people out. Crusade. Let me crusade. What happened to pulling somebody aside and maybe going to them with with somebody else in the church? I'm like, what Matthew told us, the book of Matthew told us to do. I know that we're a little being funny, but can I actually speak into that real quick? Oh, yeah. I I think that we as Christians, and I'm going to include myself at this, even at least the customer service part of it, but specifically in posting about a negative experience at a business. Mm. I think that's still in that same ballpark. I know it's not an individual. We can't pull a business aside, but I I, I really have taken on to what your husband does when something at a restaurant doesn't go great. He does ask for the manager, but he's very polite and goes, you know, this just wasn't one of those things that we really enjoyed. Yeah. And I just wanted to make you aware of the situation. And, and can I just say that he has called the manager over more times to commend they don't get enough of that. They're surprised, right? They're always surprised. So he does that more than he does the other. In fact, I, I maybe can count on two fingers. Yeah. Maybe just yeah. one. I don't even remember. Did you see him do that? No. Well, you told me about one of them at a certain oh. chain that is usually great, but it just didn't go great. So he just wanted to make the manager He's aware. Just, like, just so you know, and I love our experiences here and we're going to keep coming back, but this is what happened. You're right. Yeah. That did happen. I do remember. Um, um, yeah, that's that's really good. I think that I get they understand. I get it. I get why people kind of post it because they're frustrated in the moment. Give it a beat. That's what I have to tell myself. Give it a beat, Rochelle. Don't 
do the knee-jerk response. We talked about anger a couple of weeks ago, and it's like, okay, is my goal to actually alert others Mm -hmm. so that they avoid? I mean, seriously, if it's a situation of of safety, whether it be food or employee at a business that is not a savory character, am I actually informing others to protect them or am I venting because I'm mad? And I hope it goes viral and I hope I get free stuff. Right. I want to see them get theirs because it's gone viral. Yeah. Yeah. And when I've got that attitude, that's not of Jesus. Yeah. It's not. Um, there are a I lot have to th- be reminded of that because I, I get it. There are a lot of things I think if Jesus were around today, like like he was the first time, mm-hmm. he's coming back, right? He's still mm-hmm. around too. But if it was like the first time and it was today, I think that there would be a lot, and even in church, that he would go, shouldn't do it like that. Why are you guys doing that? And yeah. we'd be like, yeah. what? Because no. we, we get into patterns, which is what happened with the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Yeah. The people that he would call out publicly in those moments. And it was never because, hey, I'm going to, I, I want to be just condescending to you in that moment. It was always to try to help people and not hinder them. We would get stuck up on these rules. We get stuck. That's not the purpose of why God asked us to do this. The father had a different, this is why he's asking us to to do this, you know, mm-hmm. and it, like the Sabbath, for one example, I think they got stuck on the thou shalt not do anything on the Sabbath day. Do not work. Do not. Well, there was a list of things that were written down in the law by Moses, very specifics. And I'm pretty sure that it's because Moses had to speak to all of the things that were currently happening mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. But Jesus comes along and says, the Sabbath was meant to serve you, not for you to serve the Sabbath. It was for you to recognize an opportunity to count at, and, and depend on God for provision, as opposed to having seven days of work a week. To have a day where you say, this day, Lord, I'm committing to you, I'm trusting you, and I want to, I want to honor you on this day while I trust in you. I want to honor you with my time. I want to pray. All those kinds of things. I often think about when this type of issue comes up of what are we doing in our churches and our lives that are old school and too much of a pattern and too, you you might hear the term legalistic and ritualistic. Um, I have the things that I think of, of, of people in my life that have clung to things, Mm -hmm. but I need to think about what things am I clinging to Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. are not Important. Where am I being a Pharisee? What? Yeah. What hill am I dying on that is not worth it at right. all? It may have started as something sincere. Oh, absolutely. I think These most of it does. Absolutely. But then people take it to the nth degree. And the only thing that I mean, there's there are absolutes in the Bible. Jesus is the way he died for me. We've kind of discussed yeah. this in, in podcasts of the past. There are absolutes you should never stray from. The first commandment and the second one being like it, to love God, love people. These are things that you don't stray from. Right. And I'm not even suggesting that you should stray from, you know, dishonoring the Sabbath in some way at all. I'm just saying that we get hung up with how it should look. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is the way we should do things. And it's always being the way. And we should always wear this certain outfit at church. And you can't ever wear this kind of clothing. You have to read from this particular Bible translation and no other translation. Because it's not the dot, dot, dot. We get involved with tradition. Yeah. Instead, yeah, we get we do. We we've do. said about getting hung up on the rules instead of the rule maker. When it the creator, when it know? is too close to a, you look at like a college football tradition. Yeah, we always do that. You know, like this game is always on the third Saturday, and we cook this meal, and we always do that, and that's how the church is looking. Well, that's not. And how did that start? 
How did the tradition get started because in the first place? Because it's just a fun thing that we do to celebrate with each other. Oh, it started with something fun. See? Interesting. So what if we got back to finding ways to communicate and do something that's fun and it may stray from the quote tradition Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with having tradition and if you still uh, celebrate it if you still really feel like you're investing in something with tradition that's fantastic i celebrate with you it's all about where the heart is exactly if you're holding it over onto others and and as an albatross around their neck and they have to adhere to your tradition then it's become something that's no longer fun yeah yeah or you know what i mean spiritually or honoring or yeah or honoring um I, I just am I'm going through Mark. I have finished Matthew. And by the way, there is a full reading plan. If you want to read through the Bible, there's still time to catch up. It's only been, you know, a month of 2020. Of course, it depends on when you're reading this. Uh, but hopeondemand.com, not reading this, listening to this, but hopeondemand.com, there's a reading plan where you can read a little bit of the Old Testament, some Proverbs, and New Testament as well. I think it's super helpful to help you navigate through the Bible. Yeah. And even people yeah. who have read the Bible before, it's it's like, okay, now in new New Year, where should I start? It's a great place to start. Start now. You listen in August 16th. I just blew your mind if you really are. <laughs> start now. <laughs> that is exact day. What on earth? I'm supposed to go to HopeOnDemand.com. This is more of a, my take today is in Mark 1, there's nothing really to say, just pondering on who the personality of Jesus Because one thing we don't really acknowledge a whole lot, a lot of the first part of this is talking about John the Baptist and preparing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, being the messenger in the wilderness of Jesus. And dude ate locusts and honey and dude had to be crazy. John the Baptist had to be crazy, but he was such a righteous, honoring guy. But when Jesus shows up, and let me see exactly what verse this is. When he shows up with Jacob and John And then even, you know, Simon and Andrew, here it is in uh, verse 16, because there's nothing, there's nothing before this that mentions them. So this is verse 16. As Jesus was walking along the shore of Lake Galilee, Mm -hmm. he noticed two brothers fishing, Simon and Andrew. And by the way, Simon is later becomes Peter. He watched them as they were casting their nets into the sea and said to them, Come follow me and I will transform you into men who can catch people instead of fish. Mm -hmm. That's all we have of what Jesus said to them. The next verse is immediately they dropped their nets and left everything behind to follow Jesus. I'm curious, Rochelle, if you have any, any, uh, if there's any history books or context to this, because let's just say it was today's day and age. Okay. And I'm changing my tire on the side of the road or I probably had AAA do that. I'm probably at a gas station getting a (laughs) Slurpee or something. And some dude walks in, and the first thing he says, hey, drop that Slurpee, and I'll show you how to get Slurpees for everybody. Whatever the, you know, the analogy would be. Yeah. Come follow me. I don't think I would. Okay. I don't think that I would if a stranger came up to me. So I'm curious if there's any uh, history behind this of how long he was actually with them before he said this, or if they he must have just had this, this personality, this draw for them to drop everything and literally follow him. You go through the, the different Gospels, and they do have a little bit— A little more? There's Well, there's—the timelines are a little bit different. Right, right. So as to whether or not he had a rapport with them, I do believe that they had seen him preaching. Even Peter had taken him out in the boat before he asks, Okay. Will you come and follow me? So—and um, then one of the brothers was actually a follower of John the Baptist— and John the Baptist kind of is like, hey, that's the guy you that's should be guy. following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, yeah. So then there's a little bit of rapport, perhaps. But that means 
I don't know, I think more than anything, it gets me excited mm-hmm. for when, like, actually meeting Jesus, there is this personality that just draws you in, mm-hmm. where even if they just seen him preach once or twice, or this was the first time, or they had seen him around, they, yeah, what, we'll go. What draws you in? Oh, my goodness. No, like, what draws you in, like, you want to watch more of? Oh, and, oh, and just experience, and anything? Experience more of? Well, what we talked about, and it matches up with when Jesus says, my burden is light. Mm-hmm. One of the first podcasts we did of this calendar year was about that video where you slow down and get to know people and the pressure is off. And the video was, what was it, Following God? Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what yeah. the, the video yeah. was. And where this pastor in Scotland like doesn't go to his office and start planning these, you know, sermons. He goes out into the town and lives life with people. Which was quite a transition from being in the United States and being used to a fast paced yes. world. There's something about that that draws me in. Yeah. The peace of just slowing down and realizing I don't have to earn things for God. And that's my personality. If you're into the Enneagram and all the personality test, I'm a three. Sure. So I feel like I have to achieve to make myself respectable in front of people. I'm not saying that's an excuse. That's just something that I, I deal with. And so... To be able to just come into God's presence and sit yeah, and him go, glad you're here. Oh, there's just something up and there's truth to that. It's not just, I hope that happens. Yeah. Clearly these guys wanted to follow him for a reason. They did the same job day in and day out. Uh-huh. It was mundane to say the least. You know what they called entertainment? I know I, I would have to do a little research. What, 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 what went for entertainment back in the Bible days? You know, did you? I, honestly, it probably wasn't wasn't all that moral. You know, even Peter told Jesus, get away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Mm. There might have mm. been things that he was involved in because, I mean, who knows? But Jesus saw something in him. Maybe ball in a cup was invented. <laughs> you know, on the ball and the string and you try to get it in the cup. Maybe. I could have been some oh, ping pong. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> We're stretching it there. But I, I think about the things that even... Um, even if Jesus used, if he distracted them, he could absolutely allow that to, as an opportunity. Is this distraction something that I can use to show the truth to these men? Mm. So if it was an entertaining thing because they saw somebody healed or it was something that he said that they found value in that was of entertainment value or, wh- or whatever it might be. You know, I think about the things that kind of distract us or entertain us for a moment. Whatever... Uh, advertisers can use to get our attention, you know, whether it's a candy crush game on our phone or it's our favorite TV show. Or MC Hammer uh, with Cheetos popcorn. (laughs) You don't know. Can't touch this. Yeah. But I don't, I don't exactly know other than the fact that Jesus manifested the word. And I think from the beginning of time, the beginning, there was the word. We read that at the very beginning of the book of John, chapter one. He is the word. He was made manifest. And if the creator of the universe, including me, is standing nearby, would I not feel some connection to that? All right. I don't want to get too far off topic, but I have to ask. Then why do people say no? Oh, gosh. Well, because they want an easy answer. And the easy answer being they're in charge or or what? I mean, having some semblance of 
control. I think if you have to believe something that you can't put your finger on, you can't see him. I can't put my fingers in the scars in his hands and in his feet. Like Thomas said, if unless I do that, I'm not going to believe that he he was resurrected from the dead. Mm -hmm. A lot of people still today are in that place of doubting Thomas. And that's why Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe because you have to believe on faith. I did not live 2000 years ago. I did not see the person of Jesus Christ, but I still see his spirit alive and well in people. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so therefore I believe that it is this same spirit of Jesus that I am seeing at work around me today. And so, yeah, I think that's why people choose not to believe. It's not, it's difficult to believe something you haven't seen. Yeah. It's all true. And, and uh, for children, it's easy. They believe so easily. And that's why they say, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of folks that would be like, this is why uh, you, uh, well, I, have you seen the statistic? It's a very old one. If people have not accepted Christ by the age of 18, the stats are basically stacked against them. Right. That they'll ever believe. Why? Because they've lost some of that, you know, childlike faith where they can just go on whimsy. And a lot of people who are skeptical of Christianity would say, but isn't that a good thing? Because you want them to be really believing in something where years down the road they can still believe in. They're not go on, quote, childlike faith. But Jesus used that as an example. You have to get to that childlike faith place you until you yeah. can, until you're there. You're not going to understand the kingdom of heaven. It's it, that's why he set the little one in the midst of the, the big group of adults, the grumpy old people. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> have to be as a little kid. When we get to a place where we think we know everything as a world, as a culture, uh, or even as an individual, uh-huh. um, that's when we think we're God. And I think that's exactly why we have right. to have faith to be submissive, even if you will. It's, yeah. This whole thing makes me, it's hypocrisy. Because we celebrate the innocence of children, the childlike faith, the wonder <laughs> we do at Christmas time. But true. when it comes to faith, oh, you're gullible. You're you're naive. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, because Jesus said in, from the beginning, he was saying things that were going to cause a stir. Even in a community where he grew up and knew the law well, he knew that what he said mm-hmm. was going to turn some tables over. It, and not even the ones that he did in the ta- in the tabernacle or the excuse me, in the temple. But Jesus caused a stir. He was rebellious. He took the, what what they understood to be. This is what the law says. Right. But he right. could see it through the hearts of men and he could say, yeah, but you have made it this instead of what God intended. That's why I brought up what I brought earlier, because I believe that for today, yeah. that we can be kind of like the Pharisees. And I think just to wrap up this portion of this is I want to continually hold things loosely, not hold on to a ritual or a tradition, and also admit that I don't know everything. Yeah, that's super big. And if Jesus came now, like he did the again, like he did the first time, he's coming mm-hmm. back on a cloud soon. But <laughs> on a cloud, uh, are you holding on to that behold, tradition? Oh, he comes riding up. I'm sorry. So <laughs> when he, if he was just kind of walking the streets like he did back in the day, I think I'd be like, Jesus, are you sure? Because we're supposed to have Sunday school before church, you know, yeah. or whatever it might be. And I think he would absolutely blow us away. But yeah. I, I truly want whatever he says, even if it doesn't align with my worldly view. You know, the Bible says there was nothing about him that was comely, meaning like it wasn't PC. like it wasn't like he was. Super, well, no, it was like he wasn't like Brad Pitt walking around. Like oh. People wanted to follow him because he was hot or something like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and I, I'm not trying to say, I don't mean that to sound callous. I'm just saying he did not have that kind of celebrity status. He wasn't a prince. He wasn't, he was certainly, 
the Prince of Peace. Mm -hmm. But they didn't know that there was no red carpet rolled out. You know, they didn't know that. But there was something like you were like, how did they just follow him? They were engaged by him. And even if it was a distraction for some, and you did, you saw several groups of people would follow some who wanted to hear more, some who just wanted to hear the stories Mm -hmm. and some who were in it for the long haul. And he would take all of that. And in some way, actually it kind of leads to where I'd like to go a little later on with what I'm in my devotions. But is there something else you wanted to share? No, go. So there are those times where people are going to come to Jesus in their life. Perhaps you are like me. I was very young when I asked Jesus in my heart. Perhaps you were older and perhaps you're in a very late season of life and you finally are like, you know what? I have to submit to what I've always known, that I have a creator and his name is Jesus. You know, there are times where people have come along in a person's life and tried to sow that seed and they've prayed and prayed and prayed for you that you would one day come to that place of accepting Jesus. And yet, here, here's what I do as the person who would like to sow that seed or even water it. I also want to see it happen, right? I want to see yeah. that plant growing. <laughs> and that may not be for me to see. And I hope that this comes across as encouragement because my little boy was going over in his Bible class about uh, in 1 Kings it talks about Solomon dedicating the temple. One of the questions on his paper was, did David, was he present for the dedication of the temple? Because King David, big time king, Jewish history, his desire was that this incredible temple structure be built for God. You know, they had the Ark of the Covenant. They had had this tabernacle set up for so long. They're like, we need a house for God. And that was his desire. But God said, you know what? You're not going to be the one that sees its construction. Mm. That's going to be for your son. And that's exactly how it happened. So he was the one who had the idea, who planted the seed. But the one to see it grow to that place of fruition was his son, Solomon. And in thinking about that, um, I was uh, reminded of the verse from Ecclesiastes that Solomon wrote. When all has been heard. And if I could just backtrack for a second, Solomon Noted in history as the wisest guy that ever lived. He's a wise guy? He's a wise guy. Not like the wise men, but like super smart. He was that guy that you hoped sat next to you in math class so that you could be like, (laughs) what's the answer? We wouldn't promote copying. No, like he could tutor you. Oh, yes. After class, not during the test. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But Solomon, when um, God asked him, I'll give you whatever you want. And he didn't ask for wealth. He asked for wisdom. And God said, well, because you just gave me a great answer. Not only am I going to give you what you've asked for, but I'm going to give you wealth as well. Isn't that awesome? I'm glad I wasn't him. I would ask for brisket. I would love a lot of brisket. (sighs) When all has been heard, Solomon writes, the conclusion of the matter is this. Fear God and keep his commands because this is all for humanity. What does it come down to? It's again repeated in Mark chapter 12. Love your neighbors yourself and even more so love the Lord your God. You know, love God, love people. Those are the first and the second greatest commandments. That's what it all comes down to. And I, I love that Solomon, um, he asked, he was the one who got to see over this incredible structure. The temple was gorgeous. Oh, my word. Everywhere you were, it was just inlaid with gold everywhere, right? 
But he said at the end of the day, it's not even about the structure. It's about loving my God well. It's about fearing him. It's about respect. It's about, that's what this is about. It's not about the wealth that I've acquired. Mm. It's not about meeting the authorities and the people who wanted to come from all parts of the world because they heard about this, this king who was super smart. We got to see for ourselves. And the wealth, who we got to see for ourselves. He even, at, throughout this book of Ecclesiastes, was a basket case. Like, it, it's one of those books that you read it, you're like, man, he just sounds depressed when he wrote this. Yeah, a little back and forth there. What's the point of life? Mm-hmm. And then he comes to the conclusion, this is where it's at, to love God and to love people. This was the man who oversaw the temple. And anyway, I think a couple of stories in the one story there, just you may not be the person that sees, even though you've prayed since the beginning of their birth, that they would come to know the Lord. Maybe you're not the one who sees that happen, but you've planted the seeds and maybe you've even helped water it. It's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. it's okay to pass the baton along to another who may see it come to fruition And also just to keep loving them through that. Why? Because that's the conclusion, to love God, to love them well. How can I do that? Keep praying. Oh, yeah. Never stop praying. Was it Barnabas that was the encourager? Is that right? Barney. Barney? Yeah. I love you. No. Sorry. That's not encouraging. (laughs) I mean, no, it's great. It's encouraging. It's purple. Just (laughs) maddening. So... (laughs) I really relate to him because I oftentimes feel that there have been seeds planted and watered and I haven't seen that many uh, bloom, whatever you want, whatever the analogy would be. And I hope that's I mean, what we're talking about is it sounding too churchy because like if you if you're not if you've never gone to church and you talk about seeds and watering it. The same well, I guess you, but you know how that works, right? You plant the seed, you could water, and then yeah. you you be there for when it grows. So if you tell somebody about the message of Jesus, yeah, there's there's the planting the seed, you know, maybe for the first time or the first time they've heard it like that or something, and then the watering would be, yeah, you kind of pointing back to that message of Jesus, or in your own life you're dealing with something and you're like, well, I mean, Jesus, you know, help me out through that, and and just kind of a a story, a testimony is another kind of churchy word they may have heard. Mm-hmm. And then obviously when it when it blooms is when they go, you know what? I believe in Jesus. I, I yeah, this is a life-changing thing for me. And so people move, your jobs with people, you are in school with people, there's physical neighbors that you're not going to be in that neighborhood forever or they're not. And maybe you've planted those seeds and not seen it come to fruition. And it can be disheartening. Mm-hmm. But Leah, Rochelle and I both know, but that doesn't mean that that's not your job and that you haven't done something incredible. Right. Right. Do you think all of those soldiers right on the spot when the Son of God was in process of dying for them became believers and followers? Maybe one or two of them did. I would imagine that that one soldier in the garden whose ear got chopped off by Peter and Jesus healed him, Mm. he was never the same. I'd venture to guess after that. Yeah. Maybe the centurion who said, surely this was the son of God after he saw the sky basically break in two with a storm and all the earthquake and the things that happened physically around him. He's like, this was not a normal guy. Right. You know, maybe, maybe right then and there. But a seed was planted nonetheless that day in the lives of everybody there. Yeah. Now, the seed sometimes doesn't always get watered. And so the plant doesn't grow. So, I mean, there's always there's a process involved, absolutely. But just trusting if God has only allowed you the seed planting part of it, then can we trust him enough that somebody else would come along and water it? Kelsey, my wife, encouraged me that it's, uh, you know, it's God's timing. 
whatever, whatever it is. And that we want to see the results, but the results really aren't for us anyway. And so I think the pressure's off, honestly. Just, I want to live my life, promote Jesus, and not worry about anything else. Love God, love people. Yeah. That's probably why Jesus said those were the first and second greatest commandments, you think? Hang all the rules on these two. Love God, love people. Don't you think that we should extend this podcast by going and saying things after the words of Jesus? (laughs) Or should we just end it now? Should we end it now? We kind of already did. Like I said the rules a while back and then we just kept talking. Oh, man. Say it again in the end on that. Okay. Love God and love people. That's great. You said something. Oh, I don't just say anything. You don't just say anything. I, I thought I could compliment. I guess a compliment would be all right. <laughs>